this episode, Merry Christmas Leftover Army. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftover. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, leftovers. the leftovers. All right. Yeah, I'm playing the jingle bells. You can't hear them, Jake. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, I'm not going to keep this going the entire time, but I just wanted to get everybody in the mood, you know? Yeah. Those drove me crazy when I could hear them. Oh, I know. The day when we did them, so. I know. You're totally oblivious okay. to them right now, but they're happening. Okay. It's a thing. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank God I'm not hearing them. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to turn this shit off now. That was festive enough for me. <laughs> so, Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, everybody. Yeah, happy Festivus. Happy Festivus for the rest of us. Uh, <laughs> let's see here, man. Uh, yeah, not our typical week, man. We're uh, recording over Skype again. Dude, it feels like I haven't seen you in, like, forever. Yeah, it is crazy. As it, 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 and it'll be a while, too, right? We're taking a week off next week. Yeah, we're taking a week off next week. Uh, we might get together. You were just mentioning something. I, no promises. Yeah, no promises. But even that, I think, was going to be another Skype type of deal. Another Skype. Yeah, you're right. Another Skype time. Skype kind of deal. And then I think Ashley and I are going to do a bonus episode, and we're going to talk about the Netflix series, The OA, and kind of like it's a yeah, it's a spoiler. Nice. Yeah, it's a spoiler episode. So if you haven't seen The OA, you do not want to listen to it because it's gonna. We're gonna. This is for people that have completed like all eight episodes because we're gonna go over like our thoughts about the ending and where we think the series could go if it gets greenlit for season two. So yeah, yeah. you can talk a lot about that show. I'm interested to see how long you guys go on that. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's one of those things like we could, I feel like it could go at half a half hour. It could go fucking 90 minutes depending on where the conversation goes. I, yeah, I think I'm going to watch like the last three episodes again before we record just to kind of like get my feet wet again. Cause like I've consumed a bunch of other shit in the meantime. But um, yeah, yeah. I nice. tried. I tried watching the Sense Eight Christmas special. Yeah, I was telling you this that you were super excited, super excited to watch it, and then I realized how long it had been since I watched Sense Eight and how much I did not retain. Like, I get the gist of the fucking story, but like, I'm getting reintroduced to these characters again that I haven't watched in a year and a half. Mm. So you're gonna go back and do the big rewatch? I got to, man. I was 20 minutes into the Christmas special and I was getting nothing out of it. So I'm like, dude, I gotta go back and watch the entire season again. I mean, you love that show, so that won't be much of a chore. No, it won't be much of a chore. And then the new season drops in May, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Found, ah, what else did I find out? I, I really enjoyed that show, Flaked. Will Arnett's show on Netflix. Oh, yeah, I remember that show. It was kind of a low-key, yeah. kind of dark comedy. Found out that it got renewed 
for a second season, but they're only giving it six episodes. So that like right there says, oh, okay, we are giving people what they want, a second season, but it's going to be a very short second season. So I highly doubt we ever get a third season of this. Yeah, that's that's wrap it up mode right there. Basically, that's like fringe season five. Yeah, unfortunately, you are correct. Yeah, so uh, before we jump into, yeah, this episode, we're going to be talking about our top five Christmas movies. And dude, I feel like this list has been fucking with me all day, Jake. There's one movie I, I want to put it in the list, but I don't know where to put it, and I don't want to move anything else. Yeah, this list is pretty crazy, too. I it, I've been thinking about it all fucking week, and I've probably moved it around at least three or four times. Yeah. Uh, but before we jump into that top five list, I did want to talk. I did go to the theater and I did watch Assassin's Creed. And one of the reasons. Oh, God. You <laughs> poor guy. Well, hold on. Here we go. This is the thing. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, listen, throughout the entire production of this movie, all I did was talk about how Ubisoft, is it Ubisoft? I, I think that's correct. Yeah. I'll if, do it, some Googling. if it's not, I'm a leftover. Tell me on Correction Tuesday and feel good about yourself. Because, you know, it's that season. Tis the season to be a pompous fuck on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but um, You are correct. Yeah, man. It's it's crazy, dude. So uh, anyway, so I, I've been talking about the production and how, how I did not uh, have a lot of faith in um, – not in the property, just in just in in the production itself. I mean, it, it it had gone through the ringer through production, and I was just like, man, they are just going to cobble together a pile of shit. And I talked about it so much, I I basically intrigued myself. Like my curiosity was struck. I had to see this movie. I mean, I was wanting to see other movies. Like I I still want to see Moana, and I still want to see uh, Manchester yeah. by the Sea. Um, I know. Fences. I call that Fantastic Four syndrome. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Fantastic Four syndrome. Like you, you've talked about it so much that the curiosity just gets to you. So you got to go to the theater and you got to check it out for yourself and see if there's anything redeeming about it. And you know, I I will say this about the film before I rate it: the production value on this was pretty good. Like they 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 put a lot into it. They put they. Not so much. The special effects were okay. I'm talking about like when he does go to like he's he goes back to like the 1400s or whatever. When he goes back there, they make it look really good. Set designs on point and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I mean, set design is very much on point, and I was really impressed by that. I was also impressed by the cast that they kind of put together for the film. I mean, I. I'm a big fan of Michael Fassbender. I loved what he mm-hmm. did in Steve Jobs. I've loved what he's done with the Magneto character. I mean, this guy, he's a, he's a really, really fine actor. And then, um, Marion Cotillard was in this one. And I just talked about her a few weeks ago being in that Robert Zemeckis, Brad Pitt film, Allied. Mm. And I loved her in that. Uh, and then this also has Jeremy Irons in it. So I was like, wow, the, the cast is pretty good. The cast is pretty stacked. Yeah, all Irons has been in quite a dirt. Uh, you're you're going robotic on me, Chief. I said Jeremy Irons has been in quite a few turds, though. Yeah, let's uh, let's take a quick break here, real quick. I'm going to reconnect with you and get a better connection. All right, sounds good. All right, we're back. That should help. Better connection. All right, yeah, there we go. Yep, better connection, better pizza, Papa John's. Here we go. 
Uh, let's see. Yeah, so I saw Assassin's Creed. And, you know, I mean, I've never played the video games. But, you know what? That should not matter when you see a movie. You should not have to have played the video game to get enjoyment from the film. I know tons no. of people that did not read Guardians of the Galaxy comics that still loved Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I completely agree. It works for all those comic book movies, the ones that are hits. Like, they're not hits unless those people go see it, too, and love it. Absolutely. So, I, yeah, went and saw Assassin's Creed. Um, I am going to, I'm going to be honest, I, I'm going to give this a toss-it. Uh, I did not, I, I, I started to get into, like, the first... 15 minutes of the film and then it just started to fall apart they they you, they basically introduce the character as he's a child in the beginning and they talk about you know they go into his family and what happens with his family and then they skip ahead to where he's like present day michael fassbender and <laughs> there's no character development at all they talk about how he was a criminal and how he murdered someone and he mur- he murdered a he murdered a pimp um and the next thing you know you're seeing him in the death chair so i'm like why why are they putting him to death this makes no sense to me he 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 was a criminal and he murdered a pimp i don't that sounds really disconnected doesn't like, it yeah that sounds crazy and that's not the biggest problem here. I mean, that's a nitpick. I, I don't think it's a minor nitpick. I think it's kind of a loose, kind of a weird story that he killed a pimp. Yeah, you're trying to fall into the fantasy. I mean, that makes it hard when there's just like right. that glaring what the fuck moment. Yeah, I just felt like we could have spent more time with the character before. Like if you're wanting to set up like a trilogy, I think I need more time with the character. And they, we jump, we literally jump right into him being sent back into time, like moments after he is woken up, um, from, you know, supposedly them, you know, killing him with the death penalty, the lethal (laughs) injection or whatever it is. And you never really get to know who he is. And so I never really cared for him. I didn't care. And like, you know, I don't know. It, it, it just wasn't. What a, what a waste of Michael Fassbender to not give him something like some character development to chew on. He doesn't feel that it's a waste because like he was a, he was, he was an executive producer on this thing. So, oh, you know, he had, he, he got his name in the credits there too. So now he's a producer on something that just was not as good as I think it could have been because I honestly think that there's a cool story in there somewhere. There, it's a cool concept. It really is. It's a very cool concept. And there's also like these other, these other assassins that you were introduced to that they have in the program too. And I feel like they didn't get fleshed out enough. And I thought that that could have been a really cool story. Like if they would have just slowed this down, if they would have slowed this whole story down a little bit more and had us get introduced to these characters a little bit more, had us feel something for his character. Like, and not to bring up Guardians of the Galaxy again, but my God, I mean, when they yeah. went back to his childhood, you watched his mother die and you actually felt something for the kid. And like this. Oh, yeah. And the first, it like yanks your heartstrings. Yeah, it totally yanks your heartstrings. And this did nothing for me. Um, as his mother 
you know, no, I'm not going to spoil. I I don't know. There's just oh, there's there's yeah. one. Let me just say this. There's this one ridiculous and laughable scene in the movie where he's going crazy and he's singing Patsy Cline's crazy song, and it's yeah. the most laughable, ridiculous scene I've ever seen. And that sounds terrible. Are, are are there at least like cool, mindless action sequences? Um, the action is <laughs> like like hold on like. I, I mean, you really have to wow me, Jake, because I'll be honest with you. I've seen John Wick, you know, yeah. and yeah. I've I've seen I've seen what they can do in those silly Expendables movies that are just fun, mindless fun and mindless action. And I've seen like the amazing choreography in the Daredevil TV show and what they've done with John Wick and things like that. And like this was nothing above that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I did think that there was a cool staff wielder. There was a dude at the end of the movie who was a staff wielder, and I thought his choreography was really amazing. I mean, I think even Morgan from The Walking Dead would be like, "Oh shit, dude, that guy's dope," you know. So, but yeah, that's really disappointing. I mean, if you're gonna have like a Swiss cheese plot, you at least gotta deliver with the really good fucking like action, you know? Yeah, Make up for that. Yeah. It- and I, I, I wanted, I wanted to get something out of this movie. I was hoping that I was wrong, and I went in with an open mind and and um, and wanting to wanting to get something out of it. I just feel like it wasn't, and it wasn't, it wasn't like cobbled together like World War Z. You could tell like what where there were, the reshoots were done. Oh yeah, and you could tell how it was cobbled together. I felt like this was. It, it wasn't that badly done as world as World War Z was. I think they. It just wasn't fun either. Like there was no fun moments. Like I didn't laugh with the character. I didn't. And maybe you know what? Maybe that's maybe that's not you know maybe that's not what the video game is. And I, you know that I guess that's to my fault. I guess I guess I have to play the video game in order to enjoy the movie. I don't. You know I don't know, Jake. Yeah, I guess, I guess you got to get fucking serious with it. <laughs> I guess I, if you're going to enjoy it, I guess you got to really you got to really fall into the fantasy and just really think the shit's that fucking cool. Let to, me, you know, not care that there's no charm or I, okay. Let jokes me or let me anything. tell you this. Let me tell you this. If you do see the movie, anybody who's listening, if you do see Assassin's Creed, don't 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 try to get, like get anything from the characters. And as far as the story goes, the only plot thread that you need to follow is what what's the deal with the apple? That's it. Wow. That's that, that's I I'm telling you Jake, an hour into the movie, I said I'm done. I'm done following this character. The character is doing nothing for me. I just I am curious though about the where what the deal with this apple is because there there's this basically it goes back to like biblical times where man's disobedience from eating the the apple from the tree of life um basically it's like a real the apple is like a real thing it's a real artifact and if whoever has control of the apple can take away man's free will so if you feel like man has been getting out of control you can basically use this apple to make all of mankind subservient to you and everyone will live in peace or blah 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 and so i kind of felt like that was kind of a cool story and so i was just like man i i do kind of want to find out like what happened to this apple like what's the deal with this apple and once they get a hold of it like what's going to happen but 
and it started to get interesting for a little while with Jeremy Irons' character and that whole Apple thing, and then it just fell apart again at the end. And I was just like, I don't care if I ever see another Assassin's Creed movie ever again. It let me down on so many levels. Yeah, it sounds like you were really willing to give this movie a chance, too, and it was just like, nope, fuck you. Yeah, not <laughs> not my thing. But I will tell you this, Jake. If you're a big fan of the video game and you yeah. watch this movie and you like it, I guess that makes sense. And if you're a huge fan of the game, I would at least say um, rent it on Redbox. If you've never played the game and don't care at all, I wouldn't even rent it on Redbox. It's not even worth it. So wow, yeah, toss it, toss the it. True mean, the true meaning of the toss it. Well, th- thank you so much for uh, saving me the time and money because I kind of had that curious intrigue too. It, yeah, it's like, is it really this big of a shit pile? Yeah. Uh, the next movie on my list, though, Jake, and I know it's on your list too to see as well, is Passengers. Yes, I'm excited. Uh, I, know, I know it's being panned. I know it's not getting good reviews, but I've I've kept away and not. Re- I don't know why it's getting bad right. reviews. Right. Right. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see it because I thought the trailers looked good. I thought the trailers looked great too, and and even with Assassin's Creed, even though it had like a 14 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, the the audience gave it like a 70 percent last time I checked. It might be lower now, might be higher, but it was at a 70 percent. So I was thinking to myself, wow, okay, the critics might be wrong here. And then same thing with Passengers. I think it has a way better uh, audience score than it does a critic score, which is typically the case. Yeah, but, the audience score is always kind of skewed because people are just typically going to say they enjoyed a movie. Yeah, no matter no matter what, you pay fifteen true. bucks to see the movie, you're going to pretend you liked it. I will tell you this though, Jake. If there is a TV, and I want people to know this, if if there's a TV show that you like, um, maybe maybe you don't love it, but you like it and you want it to come back, go on IMDb and give it a ten. Oh wow, that's interesting. I they look at that. I mean they. These, these, they, I mean, they look at IMDb, you know, uh, some of these, uh, you know, production companies and, and they want to know what people think of it. And like, there was a, there was a show that I watched recently that I, uh, yeah, it was, um, what was it? Um, Shut Eye on Hulu. I didn't, I finished the whole season. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. I'd give it a, give it a taste it overall. But I liked it enough that I, I do want to continue with the series, so I got on IMDb and I gave it a ten. I don't. Uh, that's that's a great idea. Just give it the ten, whether you you know, even if you think it's a seven. Yeah, I I don't even rate. I don't honestly. I don't rate anything but tens on IMDb. If I didn't like it, I just don't rate it. So yeah. makes um, sense. And I never give anything like an eight or a nine. It just it doesn't make sense to me because if I like that movie enough to have it to want it to have a sequel, even if I didn't. Love it. I, even if I don't think it's a ten, I give it a ten just so they know that yeah, I'd like to see I'd like to see that property come back and for them to give it another shot. So yeah, that's smart. That's interesting. I'll have to adopt that strategy. All right, let's move in. Now that I've bored everybody and probably pissed off a few people with my Assassin's Creed rating. Oh gosh, all the video game players, all the Assassin's Creed cosplayers are going to be coming after you. No, man, you can still enjoy your fucking game. You can still run around and uh, cut people and jump around and do all that flippity do bullshit. You just, <laughs> you know, you can still have fun with that. I'm not knocking that, man, but I just didn't like the movie. Get over it. Was there lots of flippity do shit in the movie? Yeah, there's a little bit. I mean, there's a little <laughs> bit. I mean, he, he uh, they, they, they tried to play it off like, you know, he knew he was training for like, 
parkour as a kid or something. He was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It was, uh, all right. I'm sorry I brought it back up. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> all right, man. Let's jump into our uh, top five Christmas movies of all time. And hold on. Here's a uh, here is a uh, little um, a warning, I guess, um, or an announcement, or whatever you want to call it about this. Um, this is our list, okay? Now, when you hear our list, uh, I don't need to see any tweets of. Hey, Brian and or Jake, I can't believe you forgot to mention said movie. Okay, (laughs) hold on, hold on. You can love whatever the fuck movie you want to bring up to me on Twitter as much as you want to. Unfortunately, it didn't make my list. Uh, You can also think that my list is bullshit, but again, it is my list. So um, I'm sorry if I left out your movie. It's not – Trust me, it's not going to kill you. You can still love your movie. You can still treasure your movie. It's yeah, we might still like those movies too. I mean, there's a lot of fucking Christmas movies out there. It's just that movie didn't make our top five. Because believe me, there's movies not on my list that I absolutely love. I know, but it's it's just sad that I have to even make this like little uh, this little warning here that because I know I'm going to hear it from somebody. Somebody's going to say, "Man, I can't believe you left this out." blah blah and it's like, "Come on, man. It's my list, dude. It's this is just my list." Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, you know, fuck it. I I know my list probably isn't the typical list. I'm sure a couple movies are on people's lists, but you know, I'm sure a lot of people don't have a list like I got going. But we'll see. Yeah, it'll be. I'm interested to hear your list. Uh, starting off, we're going to start off with number five. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I've got five of them and uh, two honorable mentions, but I'll save those till the end in case one of those is on your list. And All I'll right. just bring up that it was one of my honorable mentions. Sounds but, good. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and go first. If yeah, you want. we'll go uh, five, and then I'll give my five, and then we'll go back and forth. Okay. All right. Sounds perfect. Cool. All right, uh, my number five, uh, right off the top, is uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, you know, the 1993 uh, Tim Burton classic. He didn't direct it. Um, Henry Selleck directed it, but he was the uh, head writer, and it pretty much had, like, all the uh, atypical Tim Burton-like cast filled in it. Um, Danny Elfman did the score. Danny Elfman played the main character. Um, it has Catherine O'Hara, uh, Paul Rubens, a lot of the a lot of the Tim Burton people in it, mm-hmm. and um, I, I just love this movie. I love that it plays both as a Halloween movie and a Christmas movie. But honestly, I do really believe that it feels more like a Christmas movie than a Halloween movie to me. Like that, the message I get when I watch the movie is definitely more of a Christmas message. It's kind of a little bit of the goodness of Christmas and what it can do, even to all these tragic. Halloween town characters right. and whatnot. You know, not to get too deep into Nightmare Before Christmas, but yeah, this is a movie I love. Um, it's a, I love the soundtrack. I still listen to the soundtrack every now and again on Spotify. Um, they just recently did a uh, version of the soundtrack where like modern artists did all the different songs and everything. Like Marilyn Manson does This Is Halloween and a bunch of other stuff, and that's a really cool album. Um, I love that this movie came out in 1993 and it's still a pop culture phenomenon. You know, you still can go out and you can go to Walgreens and buy a Jack Skeleton coffee mug still. And it's just, it's a one movie franchise, which is kind of a rare thing in this day and age. So, uh, yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas is my number five. What do you think about this? I, 
I saw it one time and I didn't like it. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. But I'm sure you get what I'm saying. I mean, wow, just this movie has made so much money and they haven't had a spinoff. They haven't had a sequel. You are you're going robotic on me, man. Let me let me uh, call you back here, dude. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're back. All right, yeah, and just to, just to summarize, yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas, this was a tough list to do. That number five spot was especially tough because it's like you're, you're leaving everything else off after that. But, yeah, yeah I mean, this is, this is a movie that I still watch probably once a year at least since it came out. So I've already seen it this year just a few weeks ago. Maybe I need so. to give it another watch. I mean, I, I, I didn't see it when it came out in 93. I think I watched it in the early 2000s for the first time. I just put it off for so long. And mm-hmm. I watched it. I just really didn't like it. It just didn't get me. I thought the animation was just top notch, you know. So, yeah, you definitely need to give it another watch because it, yeah. it's really fun. I really love its kind of like world building of how each of these holidays is its own like town. Yeah, and, like it's all access through this like one hub point. Like it, it's got some interesting concepts going for it. That's for sure. I'll, gi- I'll give it another go. I mean, if it's on TV or something like that, and if I can watch it, I'll give it another go because. Everybody seems to love this movie. I just watched it and was not blown away. And, you know, and I usually like the early Tim Burton stuff. And I, I love the Tim Burton original property stuff for the most part, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I'm shocked that this is a one and done for you. So yeah. You yeah, definitely yeah. need to revisit it. I know. It's like I love, you know, like Beetlejuice and, uh, and of course, I love uh, Edward Scissorhands and Hell, I, oh, even, yeah. I loved it when he did uh, – I even did like – of course, I loved Batman, the original. And then um, when he did uh, Pee-wee Herman's Big Adventure, I loved oh, that. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is a fucking all-time classic. <laughs> it's great. I even oh. – like I think like one – like his best movie that he's done like recently was Frankenweenie. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I never even bothered with that. So I, I'm, I'm the same way. Like I'm completely yeah. kind of off the – like I probably only see every other fucking Tim Burton movie anymore. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, like we took a little quick break there, and like I like I hate it on Twitter when somebody follows you, and it, yeah. it's just like a business. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I hate that too. You go to it, and he's like, it's like a musician or yes. some, some some bullshit. I never follow him back, and I, I just wait for them to unfollow me or whatever. Because like I don't care what's going on in their feed, and. This is one that I got that I just thought was fucking hilarious, dude. Here it is. It's uh, I'm not going to give the name of this person, but uh, it's uh, it's titled their in their little description: six tips to optimize your Twitter page, get thousands of Twitter followers only a few days, <laughs> and then it gives you a site to visit. And you know what? I maybe I would put a lot of stock into this if this person had thousands of followers. How how many do they have? Eight hundred and sixty six. Oh shit! I'm on their I'm on their ass. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. They're following four thousand one hundred and thirty two people. Now maybe 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 this person wrote it down wrong. Maybe they'll, they they're going to show you how to follow thousands of Twitter followers and not be followed by even a quarter of said followers. Maybe that's that's the real. Thing here, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't pay your money. Don't don't fucking buy that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Definitely not going to follow this person. All right. Anyway, my number five. Uh, let's see here. And you know, I don't want to hear it, man. Jake, I, I I'm telling you, I'm going to get it. I, I'm going to get smart asses telling me why is this on your list? 
Why is this on your list? That's not a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. It takes place during Christmas. I'm going to get the Chris Ahola saying, oh, you tell me that Rocky's not a drama. It's a sports oh, movie. That's the, that's the biggest bunch of bullshit ever. Maybe started Rocky's not you're, Yeah, you're going robotic on me again, Chief. <laughs> no. I'm a little bit better now. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, fuck. What the fuck is wrong with this shit? I don't know. <laughs> Let's, uh... God. Let's try it. Let's try it one more time. We could do this. Hold on. All right. All right. We're trying it again. <laughs> yeah, jeez. We're having issues with the Skype. So fun stuff. No, but you were uh, you were also griping about the uh, Rocky drama shit. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. It's a fucking sports movie. Sports are drama. Drama is inherent in sports. It, right. It's part of sports. Right. I agree one hundred percent. So I'm gonna get some shit for uh, calling this a Christmas movie. But my number five is 1988's Die Hard with Bruce Willis. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That is uh, one of my two honorable mentions, actually. Nice. It's, it's right right there at number six for me. Nice. Perfect. All right. Yeah, so Die Hard, 1988, man. Like, this is the movie that set off all the action films. No, it wasn't the movie that set off all the Christmas films, okay? <laughs> but it happened to be set during Christmas. Uh, and, and in its defense, there's multiple Christmas songs on the soundtrack, too. Yes, yes. And I'm also going to throw this out there that his wife, ex-wife, her name was Holly. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice catch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deck the halls with boughs of holly. So, Whoa. yeah, it's a deep cut there, man. <laughs> nice. I like it. Hey, Jake, a question for you before I get back to my my uh, my choice here. Yes. When, when they tell you to deck the halls with boughs of holly, what the fuck does that mean? It just spread the shit all over the place. What is a bough, though? Like, like what? How much holly... <laughs> necessitates I'm not down a, with my holly unit unit of measurements but, yeah you know yeah I just, a healthy a healthy pinch a healthy pinch makes a yes. bow yes yeah i'm just <laughs> that's always kind of bothered me like how much holly necessitates a bow you know <laughs> yeah, you're thinking too deep on the old deck the halls yeah <laughs> a little bit but yeah her name is holly and that's his wife and this this movie it takes place during a christmas party and this is a christmas movie happens to be an action movie as well but man this movie set it off as far as like the uh terrorist films and uh i mean you couldn't ask for a better villain than uh alan rickman as hans gruber this oh yeah hans gruber so good it's it's just it's it's a great movie it's a fantastic movie i love this film man so much and this is i I don't know i haven't watched a like a great bruce willis movie in a while and i don't like him as a person but i love this movie and i will never not love this movie it's it's just so fantastic like all the terrorists each one of them is is just great like they don't have to flesh them out as you watch it, 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 like these characters aren't that fleshed out, but they're fleshed out enough to where you you love you love every everything about it. It's it's so fucking good. Oh yeah, even like the the supporting characters, like the uh, the officer that's the one like you know outside the building helping him out and everything. Is it the guy from Family Matters? Yeah, dude, it's uh, Reginald Vell Johnson. He played. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was the Family Matters dude. Yeah, he's fantastic in it. Oh yeah, it's such a great movie. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, and then you know, like when uh, when when Bruce Willis kills the one terrorist brother, the other one's pissed off, and that's great. <laughs> and I loved it when he lost his shoes and his feet are bloody. Hans Gruber tells him to shoot the glass. Um, oh, that part fucked with me so much when I was like nine years old yeah. when he walked across the glass in bare feet. He's on top of the Nakatomi building firing off a submachine gun at helicopters and then they blow the entire fucking roof with C4. Dude, this movie is amazing. Yeah, Die Hard, Die Hard is so good. So and, good. Yeah, it's so good and it happens during a Christmas party and it is my number five as far as Christmas movies. I love Die Hard. Nice, dude. Great, great pick. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, and you know what? Um, Alan Rickman, man, you will be missed. Oh, my God, you will be missed. Yeah, what a career. What a career. I'm glad he sustained it throughout his whole, you know. I'm yeah. sure the Harry Potter kind of gave him a huge boost. But even between that and uh, Die Hard, he was really notable on a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, it really and, uh, I mean, I even watched him, like, recently this year in the theater with uh, Eagle Eye, and I just thought he, he added a lot to that film as well. And, uh, you know, I also want to bring up, um, it's been a rough year for losing celebrities, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, Carrie Fisher is going to be okay, man. This is, this sucks. Yeah, I agree. That's brutal. That's brutal. So uh, Reports from her brother say she's she's doing better, but it's still, yeah, you know, see, we, the, if you, I've you read, have that kind of heart attack. You never know. I've mid. I, I've read mixed reports. Like he said that she's in stable condition, and then he comes back later and says that, oh, yeah, maybe I maybe I misspoke. Um, <laughs> she's not in that stable of condition. She's still you know critical or whatever. So I don't know. I'm I'm I love the outpour from all the fans, and then it's. I think it's just fucking awesome that they let her have her dog by her side. I think that's great. So. I mean, yeah. Sometimes little things like that can mean life and death. I mean, just just having a pet near you, dude, it's comforting. So I, I love that they're letting her have her her dog by her side right now. Yeah, that is awesome for a hospital to do that. All right, Jake, number four. All right, number four. Get cut right to the meat here. It's the uh, 1990 movie Home Alone. Oh, nice. Good choice. Yeah. Um, written by John Hughes, directed by Chris Columbus. Um, I mean, this is another one. I, I still watch it every fucking year. Uh, I fucking love this movie. You know, it's the movie that made Joe Pesci a fucking household name, Macaulay Culkin, you know, boosted both those guys' careers. Um, and and the, everybody finally knew what adult Kevin from the Wonder Years looked like now. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Daniel Stern. Yeah, Daniel Stern, you, you got to see the uh, narrator from The Wonder Years. Right, right. So, yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, you get appearances by the legendary fucking John Candy in this movie, who's yeah. just fucking fantastic. Um, Catherine O'Hara's in this movie uh, also, who I, I just fucking love. Well, She's also, yeah. in, like I said, in Nightmare Before Christmas. So I, she is in two of the movies on my list this year. Well, I grew up watching her and John Candy on SCTV. Oh, and me too. I loved SCTV. It was nice to see some, you know, her bring in some SCTV alumni with John Candy and the whole polka band, and that was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Love all that stuff. But, yeah, this movie just fucking screams Christmas, too. Like, it really gets me in the Christmas spirit when I see this movie. It's got one of the best soundtracks for Christmas music. And uh, John Williams does all the original stuff, and his 
like his score doesn't get enough attention for this movie as it deserves. Um, he actually won the Oscar for best original song in a movie for home alone back in 1990. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can hear it throughout the whole movie when it's not like classic tunes playing, you're hearing like notes of the score that he did. It's one of his best. Like I, I would almost rank home alone in the top 10 John Williams scores. Like it is so good and instantly memorable. Like if you can't hum it now, watch home alone for 10 seconds and you'll instantly be humming it. What's crazy about this movie is like if you weren't uh we've got younger we've got younger listeners of the podcast like if you weren't around in 1990 when this movie came out you don't realize how huge this movie was. Yeah, this movie was gigantic like you couldn't buy VHS tapes back in 1990 except for like a select few. Like they actually cost like 90 bucks cuz that's how the video rental places had the racket set up. Home Alone was like that first big movie that you could buy at the grocery store for like 20 bucks. It was like the one VHS tape that everyone fucking had. Uh, I remember Batman coming out and that being everywhere. Yeah, but there was just those few movies. Like you'd only get yeah. two or three movies a year that were released to the general public at that like 1999 price. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I remember going and seeing like thousands of copies of Batman on VHS at every store it was all over the place but yeah oh for sure for sure home alone man that was it was huge man it was a and it made so much money and it felt like it was in theaters forever oh yeah oh yeah i remember and that's another reason this is on my list i i saw this opening night and i and i just remembered it was just one of those memories that i'll never forget like i was pretty 1990 i guess i was 12 yeah me too but but yeah just woof like this movie really shook me. Like I just fell into the fantasy of it. You know, oh, I didn't the casting, think about the casting was perfect. I mean, the the older brother that played the kid the kid that played Buzz was just perfect. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The Buzz's girlfriend Wolf Line. There's so many memorable little moments in this movie. It, it is such a classic. And I'm not even the biggest Chris Columbus fan. But when he does it right, you are so you have turned into fucking Megatron. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Hold on, hold on, start over. All right, am I back? You're back. (laughs) All right, I don't even know what I was saying though. But yeah, Home Alone. We're gonna have to, I guess, whip through this because my connection is apparently (laughs) sucking balls. (laughs) It's fine. You sound fine now. But yeah, great. Yeah, earlier you were fucking uh, Danger Will Robinson. It was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't don't associate me with that. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, dude, that was actually my uh, that was actually my number three. So, oh, oh nice. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, go ahead. Home Alone. It, it's it's so fucking good. It's unbelievable. Have you seen it recently? Because it's on Netflix right now. Yeah, I actually watched this probably just a few months ago, and I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I love Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern so much in this movie, and just the way they interact with the kid, and it gets really fucking dark, dude. They say some dark shit to Kevin. Oh yeah, yeah, they do. They're talking about what they're gonna do to him when they get him and yeah. whatnot, and. and- the fate of his parents or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does, it does get pretty heavy. I think that's what makes it work so well though. Yeah. What do they call themselves? Like the wet bandits? The wet bandits. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But as much as this movie is a giant Tupperware for me, 
I fucking hate Home Alone 2. It is the biggest steamy pile of garbage to me. Uh, I can't fucking take it. It suffers of sequelitis. Like, it, it's the worst. Yeah. I, I, uh, that's the, I watched that one. Huh. I, I don't. I don't even acknowledge like Home Alone three that had what's his name. The yeah, I never never even saw it. Yeah, I, I don't even acknowledge it. I've never seen it either. It had the the kid that was the he was the child actor from Family Ties. I think okay is who okay. they got. But um, I don't. The second one, the second Home Alone. I know it's in New York, but I I don't. I haven't watched it that much to be quite honest with you. I just remember not liking it as much i i wouldn't say i hate it but i don't love it yeah i hate it it's uh, the stupid pigeon lady is the same thing as the shovel guy yeah but nowhere near as interesting like uh yeah it's it's not good it's not good should it it should have just been one and done right one and done for home alone but yeah, yeah. there's there's five of them i believe all together wow that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that was my number three. I love Home Alone as well. I think it's fantastic. It's a wonderful movie. Wonderful Christmas movie. Yeah, it's great. Um, let's see here. We'll jump to my number four. My number four is Gremlins. Oh, nice. Gremlins is my number one. Oh, holy shit. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. This is fine. This is fine. <laughs> I love Gremlins. Gremlins is such a fantastic movie. Since it's your number one, Jake, I want you yeah. to start off with this then. Oh, yeah. I, I just love Gremlins, too. Like, I talked about how Home Alone... Wait, you just said you love Gremlins, too? No, no well, I do. I, I do. I do love the sequel, but I... Oh, no, Jake, the sequel's awful. Uh, we'll, we'll get we'll talk about the sequel in a little bit all right but i love it I, I recognize it's awful but we'll get to that okay but yeah gremlins man this movie really fucking warped my brain when i was a fucking kid like because the trailers and the commercials all they show you is fucking cute little gizmo the cute little fucking mogwai yeah and i just couldn't fucking i could not fucking wait to see this fucking movie and we went and saw it opening night and i i actually knew nothing about the fact that they were going to turn into fucking monsters. Like, I don't know how, how that fact evaded me. <laughs> you just but thought I, it was a, it was a story about a boy and his cute little, uh, little, whatever the fuck. Yeah, exactly. His little his, Furby. His yeah. And I was sold, even though the movie's titled Gremlins, that, that wasn't enough for like, whatever. Uh, was I eight when this movie came out? Uh, it came out in 84. You would have been six. Oh, oh, six. There we go. Well, there we go. Yeah, because I remember getting the Hardee's toys and just all of it. Like, uh, did I, you I get the uh, Did you get the Hardee's, um, the vinyl records? We got vinyl records that came in books. Dude, and, the uh, vinyl records were awesome. They came in books, and they were actually narrated by the guy that played the father. Yeah, uh, they were they were amazing. So I was just all in, but for some reason, like I said, I, I didn't know the twist. And this movie just, oh, my, it, it terrified me. Like, I loved it, but as a six-year-old, it really fucking scared me. Like, I had a friend that was two years older than me that would put a a stripe mask on, and it would just, like, scare me fucking shitless. Dude, do you remember going to, like, Toys R Us, and they had, like, the Mogwai dolls, and they had, like, the the Gremlin dolls as well? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I was scared to go down the aisle with the fucking stripe dolls, dude. Oh, man. I see. It never scared me. Like, I watched this when I was a kid, and I, I loved it, dude. I loved it. And like you, I watch it now. Like honestly, I, I watched it today just to prepare for the podcast. 
Yeah. Um, because it was on uh, Amazon Prime and I was just like, man, I want to, I, it's, it's on my list. I, I'm not going to watch Die Hard. I've seen it a thousand times, but it's, it's been a while since I watched Gremlins. So I watched it again and it's like, dude, it's fucking dark. Like Billy's mom, when she is like going all fucking crazy and killing Gremlins in the kitchen, Oh yeah, she literally the, blend, the blender scene. Well, the blender scene's pretty brutal, but the next gremlin she kills, she yeah. just stabs him, dude. Yeah, she yeah. stabs she him down. Like, like, there's nothing cute about the way she kills the second gremlin. It's just like, dude, she fucking just starts going. She just starts stabbing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's brutal, dude. The next, oh, it is fucking brutal. The next one she uh, kills, she uh she, she shoves him in the microwave. She sprays him in the face with Pam and then shoves him in the microwave, turns it on for like 30 seconds and he explodes and after he explodes you hear ding. I'm just yeah. like, "Oh my god, this is great." Oh yeah, it's it's fantastic and uh Phoebe Kate's like story about why she hates Christmas is pretty dark. Too. Oh wow! Yeah, you're not kidding. So yeah, this definitely it, it's like the best of both worlds. Like it gets really light and really campy, but then it it really turns on on when it comes to like the darkness of some of the scenes. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, directed by Joe Dante, uh, written by Chris Columbus. Um, this everything about this movie is just it's it's awesome. Uh, even Corey Feldman does a good job in this, man. Yeah, yeah, Corey Feldman getting a getting a cameo in there. <laughs> yeah, man, he's messed. Saw, did you watch him on the Today Show? Did you see that? I, shit? I, I, I saw the clip. It's oh, it's scary. Do you know what he's doing now? Do you know all about this? Like what's going on in his life right now? Yeah, it's he. It's crazy. It's like he, a, he, he's got like this weird Corey Feldman cult going on at his house. <laughs> he has like these sex parties and like he's got Corey Feldman's angels and like his favorite angel, she's his mangel. Oh jeez. Yeah, dude, like these girls come to Hollywood and they if they can't if they're having if they're struggling and he takes a shine into them, he'll be like, "I know people, I got connections." And then they just live with them and then I guess they just fuck him. And uh, yeah, it's Corey Feldman's angels and they're part of his little band, dude. The Today Show appearance was crazy. He went viral, and, and I'll then, give Corey Feldman this: he he did really well with his money. <laughs> he says he says he's hurting with money right now. Oh, geez, it doesn't seem like it the it, way the way he's been the last twenty years. Yeah, well, he's been. I think he's been spending it as soon as he gets it because, like, I mean, and he's got a nice house, and I think honestly, he could probably just live off of his royalties and be fine. But like, he wants to live like that lavish lifestyle of an A lister when, in all actuality, he's like a Z lister right now. Yeah, so, yeah. And the thing is, it's like his parents took a lot of his money. So, like, he's that's what he says. Like, he emancipated himself at like age fifteen or sixteen or something like that because he said his parents are stealing all of his money. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh jeez! Wow. Yeah, and you never know though. That could have been happening. Hard sure. saying. Yeah, uh, didn't Macaulay Culkin emancipate himself too? His parents were ripping him off though. Yeah, yeah, that was that was happening too. So yeah, yeah, that kind of thing happens. I guess you got to be careful if you're a child actor. Yeah, it happened to uh, what's her face, Lindsay Lohan. Oh yeah, that's right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, we're, we're way off the Gremlins topic eh, fuck here. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? It's our Christmas special. Nobody's gonna listen to this shit anyway. 
exactly. Yeah, dude, Gremlins, man. That's my number four. That's your number one, dude. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I fucking love it. I love Gremlins. Also, I watch it just at least at least once a year. I try to. I usually don't watch it around Christmas, though, even though I made it my number one. Yeah. But I do really associate it with being a Christmas movie. That's for sure. I mean, it, it came out around that time, and it's definitely very heavy with the Christmas themes. But yeah, I I also love Gremlins too. I recognize that it's a big uh, a big fucking stink pile. And nothing like the first one, but it's it's just kind of so over the top bad. I kind of love it. Yeah, between all, yeah, you know, that, it's, that, it's got all its different gremlins and everything. And my biggest problem with it is that they they uh, they kind of and it was kind of innovative what they did with it. They kind of took it down like the and I know this sounds crazy, but the the twenty one Jump Street reboot film. They kind of took it down that road. Oh yeah. Where that's they exact, that's exactly what they did. Yeah, they kind of like made fun of the sequel, and yeah. and and like, you Phoebe Cates, like you know, she even like starts talking about like how her father died over Christmas again, and they cut her off short. Like you know, it's like joke and everything. And well, she had another tragedy. Another that tragedy. On, that's what that it was. happened on like President's Day. Or yeah, some crazy shit. something silly like that. And you're absolutely right. So. I, I just felt like the first one, even though it was a kids movie, it was a kids horror film, and I felt like the second one took away everything that I loved from the first one. Like they tried to yeah. do something different because, like, I get it. Like Critters, I love the first Critters film, but the second one they tried to do it again and it didn't work, and so they tried to do something different with this one, and I just yeah. felt, I felt like it did not work. I, I hate Gremlins too. Yeah, I think that's a valid complaint. But yeah, I I, love, I think this movie's just hysterical. I, I really, yeah. really like it a lot. Yeah. Oh, so and man. it's pretty funny now because I'm um, like one of the main characters is that clamp character who's basically a uh, Trump analog in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's that they were they tried to make him a Trump analog in the film. That's what they they tried to do. Oh yeah, so that's fun, you know. Well, it, that that really holds up if you go back and watch it. That's uh, it's not the first time that Trump was. They did that to Trump in a film. They also did that. Oh yeah, no. In Back to the Future Two with oh, Biff, for sure. Biff Tannen when he became Biff. Yeah, <laughs> this is this episode's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, now we're talking. Now we're talking about Trump analogs in movies. Who gives a shit, man? I'm having. Fun. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct, though. Back to the Future too. Like he, uh, Bob Gale's come out and said that. Yeah. That, that that was based off of Donald Trump. Yeah, so. he gave him the bad hair piece and everything, dude. So yeah. Uh, yeah, Gremlins, man. Great choice. Great choice. Uh, what's your number three? All right, my number three is the Muppet Christmas Carol. Are you familiar with this? Have you seen this? I've never seen it. Yeah, this this is fantastic. This this might be my favorite Muppet movie. Um, just like the other Muppet movies, it has a mix of the Muppets with the live action cast. Uh, this came out in 1992 and uh, stars Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge, and it's basically a retelling of the uh, classic Dickens tale, just told with Muppets, and they use brand new Muppets as all the different ghosts of Christmas past and future and present mm -hmm. and all the classics like Kermit and Gonzo and everyone are there too. Right. And, uh, oh man, I, I just, I'm a huge fan of Muppets already. And, uh, you know, having them do this classic story, I, I think it's one of the biggest achievements of like the Henson foundation. 
that they accomplished this movie. Like, it is so good. When did it come out? Uh, 1992. Okay. So, and it's uh, it's post-Jim Henson, but uh, his son, Brian Henson, directed it. Yeah. And so, you know, he did really good stuff. And it has all the all the other people reprising all their roles. You is know, this, obviously Frank Oz is this Jerry po- Nelson. Is this post-Disney acquisition, too? I believe this is still, it's under Henson control back in 1992. Hmm. It, so... I'm not I could, sure. I I remember going to Disneyland as a child and them having a Muppets drive like a Muppets drive-in theater, but I can't remember the year that I went to that. Muppets Disney. I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to sure. find out. But yeah, <laughs> I, I love this movie. Um I it, it really spots li- spotlights Gonzo and Rizzo the Rat a lot. I think the reason I love Rizzo the Rat so much is probably from this movie. Oh, Rizzo the Rat's great, dude. Oh, yeah, Rizzo the Rat's one of my favorites. Um, I am trying to find out when Disney acquired the Muppets while blabbing about it at the same time. It's not working too well here. Nah, don't worry about it. Yeah, fuck it. We'll find out about it on Correction Tuesday when somebody's smart enough to use Google. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. People always telling us stuff after the fact when they when they have access to Google. Yeah, unfortunately, this movie's pretty hard to find when it comes to uh, hard copies or streaming. Uh, you can get it on iTunes for it's like ten bucks. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Amazon Prime has it too, but I can't verify their price. So it's out there to buy if you want, but it's pretty hard to get it on one of the subscription services, That's, or they don't. That sucks. Now I want to watch it. Yeah, they don't really air it on TV very much anymore. Like, so your your best bet is to just plunk down the ten bucks for the digital copy. In my opinion, it's well worth it. This movie is fantastic. Like, just really funny and really deep too. Like, it's not just like silly. Like, they really do a good job of telling the Dickens tale. And and you know Michael Caine. Michael Caine is fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, Michael Caine is amazing. He he knocks it out of the park here. Like I, that's the reason you don't think about it's a bunch of puppets is because Michael Caine is just like with them so well. Like the chemistry with him and the puppets is great. From him shunning the poor puppets yeah. and you know just torturing people at work and everything. Like Michael Caine is fantastic in this. What a what a great Scrooge. Maybe the best film Scrooge of all time is okay movie. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol is what it's called? Yeah, Muppet Christmas. Be careful because there are two other Muppet Christmas movies that came out after this. Jesus fucking Christ, you are robotting it all over the place. Uh, shit, am I back now? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I am a robot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Am I back now? Yeah, you're good now. All right, but yeah, I was saying, be careful because there's two other Muppet Christmas movies that came out after this that are total garbage. So Muppet Christmas Carol, everything else is bullshit. Dude, are they ever going to bring back Muppet Babies? Uh, Muppet Babies was so great. They should at least bring it back so you can see the old cartoons. Like you know Netflix what? Or someone needs to get that. You know what? I bet they would fucking do. Maybe not now, but I'd say five years ago, if they brought back the Muppet Babies, it would have been CGI bullshit. Oh, yeah. I, that could still happen. CGI Muppet Babies is not, is not far-fetched. No. I bet we will see that soon. Oh, man, that would, oh, that would burn me up, man. I would hate that. <laughs> I would be I'm so- okay. I'm okay with it. 
No, man. I love either do the animation or do what they teased in that in that one Muppet movie where they were actually like real physical Muppets. Oh yeah, that was in uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Yes, and it was amazing. Yeah, that's that's the scene that spawned the idea for the show in the first place. Yeah, but like I get it. I understand like why the show was not that because like when the kids they use their imagination and they went to like crazy places when they'd open the doors and all this other stuff and it's like I get that why they couldn't do it but man I, I would love to see like real Muppets <laughs> Muppet Babies yeah yeah I think the Muppet Babies is a property that still has some legs I wouldn't be surprised if we, we saw it brought back oh it's one of my favorite Saturday morning cartoons of all time like we had uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse and Muppet Babies back in the day and then Smurfs and that was it that was awesome yeah, I don't know anyone that's got negative things to say about Muppet Babies, right? You don't really see the Muppet Babies trolls out too much. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sure it'll spark something now, so. Yeah, Muppet Babies is garbage. Yeah, fuck, uh, <laughs> fuck Fozzie Bear. I don't know, man. <laughs> but um, my number three was Home Alone, and we already went over that, so I'm going to ask you for your number two. And you know what? I would put money that your number two is my number two. Oh, really? You think so? I don't know, dude. I really think so. I don't know. My number two is, uh, shit, man. I'm having to do all these in a row because we picked the same movies. Let me, let me pull it over. I'll just say it real quick. My number two is Scrooge. My number two is Scrooge! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love how I, we started this. I'm like, yeah, my list is going to be pretty different from yours. Yeah. Well, see, I know people right now are screaming because, like, we've already gone over your number one and, we haven't gone over my number one. No, I'm not going to say this now because I know people are going to scream at me when I give my number one and it's not the movie you're thinking of. But okay, anyway, so number two for you is Scrooged. Yeah, number two is Scrooged. And I my number two it. is Scrooged. It's your number two also. Yes, it's number two. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Oh, it's, it's, it's so good. It's also, a, you know, a take on the uh, classic Dickens tale. The uh, What is the fucking story called? A Christmas Carol? Yeah. Or, but yeah, it's the old, you know, ghost of past, present, future story once again, except this time it's uh, starring Bill Murray and is just like one of his most classic, like cynical Bill Murray-ish roles. This like, is fantastic. Bill Murray at his best, in my opinion. Yeah, it's Bill Murray is so good in this. It's unbelievable. He's even better in this role than he is at Vankman. Yeah, I, I – wow, that's, that's bold, but I, I can't like – I can't argue it. Like, he's so good in this. Uh, watch the original Ghostbusters. I mean, we get a lot of Vankman, but yeah. I don't think that they really understood what they had with him in the first Ghostbusters. And so, like, Ghostbusters 2 is, like, Vankman times 2. It's so much more Vankman. Mm. But I feel like he really he really stretches his legs, and he's able to do whatever the hell he wants to in this movie. He's, 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 he's cynical to the next level he's 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 ruthless he's sarcastic i mean this is this is just bill murray at his best yeah i agree it's fantastic and you know who else is really great in this movie is uh bobcat goldwaith is Boom. really great yes he's awesome he's like the lowly employee that that he he's basically bill murray's character is super shitty too yeah. what is bill murray's name frank frank cross yeah yeah, Bobcat is really great in this. Like, you're not going to see too many Bobcat roles where he's going to be this kind of sedated and actually putting in a performance. Oh, but man, it come actually on. happens. Come here. on. Uh, Police Academy. Uh, <laughs> 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 Police, 
three yeah. or whatever. I don't, I don't mean to diss all over Shakes the Clown. No, Sorry. man. No, Citizens on Patrol, Police Academy, that was amazing. Come on, stop it. Yeah, right, those movies are pretty great. They are good. <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah, this movie's great. I love Carol Kane, who's in a ton of uh, Mel Brooks movies and whatnot. Yes. She's uh, the ghost of Christmas present in yes. this. Well, come on. Like Karen Allen from Indiana Jones. She was fantastic in this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's great. Great lead for this. Uh, yeah, this movie's so much fun. And I guess I'm just a sap for this story. Like this, like, I'm a shit face. And then these three different ghosts show me these three different visions. And then I'm not a shit face anymore. Like, it's a it's a simple, dumb story. But I guess I'm just a sucker for it. If Jesus. it's presented well. You just read off the IMD, the IMDB synopsis for this fucking movie. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I didn't mean to just just read there. Sorry, I hope I don't. I hope, I hope that's not plagiarism. It's uh, it says it says right here. Shit faces are deemed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a classic conceit, and I, and I'm a sucker for it. Like it, if it's like I said, if it's done well, it works every time. Jake, I I love this movie. I will watch this movie anytime it's on TV. Like if it's on, I'm watching it. I it's one of those movies where I don't care if it's like it's only got 20 minutes left. I've got to watch it. I I love Scrooge. I think it is uh it's one of the best Christmas movies ever. And when he's singing at the end of the movie and giving the speech, like that is Christmas, man. That it Oh. When if, the when the boy speaks and he hasn't spoke all movie, yeah. I I well up every time. Right. Like yeah. it fucking kills me. So I mean, yeah. it, it's not just cynical, goofy Bill Murray. Like I, this movie really does like pack the drama. Like yeah. it's a great movie. Oh, I see. I love animals, and like when he's talking about stapling the fucking uh, antlers uh. on the mouse, I'm just like I'm wanting to like strangle this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I bet. that's crazy. What, what a fucking shit face. Uh, I also wanted to throw this out there, Jake, that the guy uh, that plays the – okay, in in Scrooge, do you remember the guy that's trying to take his job? Yes. The, that guy plays the Clamp character in Gremlins 2. Yeah, he's the guy from Smallville that plays Lex's dad. Yes. Yeah. You're yeah, right. It's, yeah. uh, Lionel Luther. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm trying to look up who it is. It, John Glover is the actor. John Glover. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even think about him being in both movies. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> this episode. This episode's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, well. You're getting what some a... Christmas content. I, yeah. I could be with my fucking family, but instead I'm... I'm... <laughs> Right, you're slaving away for these assholes. All right, I'm gonna piss. <laughs> I'm gonna piss everybody off with my number one because. Can my, I say something before you reveal it? Yes. real quick? I hope it's not a Christmas story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. I I, I just don't. I I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> My number one, it's a Christmas story. 
Oh, that's hilarious. I'm sorry. I know. I know everybody's going to be pissed off at me that it's not National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's my other honorable mention. That's my honorable mention as well. Mine, for me, it's a Christmas story because when I, when this movie came out, when I watched it when I was five or six years old, um, it's one of the only movies, uh, as a kid that I can remember, uh, watching it as a family where me and my family had a really fun time watching it. And, um, the, the little boy that plays Ralphie's brother, um, what's his name? Rand, Randy, I think. Um, yeah. When Randy's eating the mashed potatoes and, and snorting like a pig, me and my whole family, we just kind of laughed forever. And, um, for years, like we'd, we'd just laugh about the dad and some of the stupid shit the dad would say when he, when he got his prestigious award in the mail and he, he's reading the box and he's like, Fragile. Is that, is that French? <laughs> His wife says, it's, that's, that's, it says fragile. Oh, oh. And I don't know, man. It's just, for me, it, it just brings back good Christmas memories of like when I was a kid and I don't have a lot of great Christmas memories with my family. Oh, um, I, I, I get it, man. I get it. And that, that's exactly my thing a bit. I, I actually did not watch this movie until I was in my late twenties for uh, the first time. Okay. And, and and I just did, I don't know I just I was like uh, this is it we're playing we're putting this on the network for forty eight hours yeah it's the, for me it's it's the fact that I was the right age I, I was about six years five or six years old when I saw this and it was one of those movies where me and my family sat down and we all laughed and had a great time and and we loved it and you know I was just the perfect age to watch this and it was just a great family movie and it. And I've got good memories of just watching this with my family. Um, no, I totally get it. Half the movies on my list are on the on the list for the same reason. Yeah, just for nostalgia. Um, well, a funny thing about this movie, though, is like when the movie starts and it's naming off the cast members. Uh, Melinda Dillon, she plays the mother in the film. They spell her name wrong in the opening credits. Wow, that fucking sucks. They spell her name D-I-L-L-I-O-N. Her last name is Dylan, D-I-L-L-O-N. And it's like you got this. No respect for women. What the fuck, man? I mean, she she talks in the movie about how she slaves over the stove and hasn't eaten a cold meal, uh, a warm, a hot meal in years. And here they are fucking up her name in the credits. <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe it. I was like, my God, it's like this is before spell check or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's funny. I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of thing happened here and there back in the fucking early 80s with film and shit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think like for you, like watching it in your 20s, I totally get it, man. It, it might not be your thing. But like for me as a kid, it was just it was just one of those movies. That, and, and now even when I see it come on TBS and they play it for 24 hours – on Christmas. It's just one of those movies that I try to watch it every year because it brings back good memories of like me and my family watching it for the first time. And I just remember like watching Randy snort and eat mashed potatoes and me and my family just cracking up the whole time, dude. And, um, well, yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I can't take that away from you. Yeah. It's just, so. <laughs> That's that's hilarious that I called it though. It's super funny. It's really cool though that um you know the the child actor Ralphie. People will say like I re- I actually I remember him before he did this movie. He was the kid that was doing the Nestle Quick commercials, right? Yeah. Was it her? No, it was Hershey's. 
wasn't it? It was, it was one of the, it was one, he did like a, he did like one of those fucking chocolate drink commercials and he was always in like a, uh, like a tree house and he was always mixing up his fucking Nestle quick or whatever the fuck. (laughs) Uh, I think you're right. I know I'm right. Fuck. And then he drinks Ovaltine in this movie. He's watching his little orphan Annie fucking shit. But like Peter Billingsley, he's the actor. He's the the child actor in this movie. And a lot of people think like, oh, dude, I haven't seen Peter Billingsley in anything. He must be washed up. The funny thing is about that is that he's still involved in Hollywood. Um, He's just big, big stuff, too. Big stuff. He's actually really good friends with Jon Favreau. And he helped Jon Favreau uh, with Iron Man, Iron Man 2. And so he's still involved. He's like a producer and he's still involved in Hollywood big time. So yeah, he, um, he produced or yeah, he produced Iron Man. Yeah. And, uh, the breakup. Yeah. And, and yeah, he's still, he's still kicking around. He's still doing stuff. He's still doing stuff. He's just not, he's just not behind. He's not in front of the camera anymore. He's behind it. Yeah. He was in Elf, another, another one of people's favorite Christmas movies. Oh yeah. He was an elf. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. We didn't mention that one either. I'm not a big know. Elf fan. Will Will Ferrell kind of just I, I I I enjoyed Elf. I think it's a really honestly. I think it's one of the best Christmas movies that's come out in a long time. Yeah, I love Zoe. <laughs> but Will Ferrell kind of grates on me after a while. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Ninety minutes of Will Ferrell is too much. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't much care for it, but yeah, that's. That's my list, and we already went through my honorable mentions. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, my I had one honorable mention. It was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So, oh yeah, I have I had that as my honorable mention too. I yeah. love it. It's probably number six or number seven if I were to do a top ten. Yeah, mine's not. It's my number six. So, it's fucking fantastic. There's so many fucking funny moments in that movie. Yeah, it is really good. Uh, fucking uh, Randy Quaid is just hilarious in that movie. Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. Probably his last big, great role. Yeah, Cousin Eddie, man. Holy shit. Holy shit, yeah. Well, I would, his, okay. I, I'd say the last big role that he had was an Independence Day back in... Well, yeah, I mean, last good role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, let's see here. Um, yeah, that's it. That's our top five. Uh, if you don't agree with our list, that is fine um but um that's our list but uh we are not going to be back next week for a regular episode uh we're going to be i'm going to just we'll do we might have a special bonus episode if me and jake can get together um i'll do a uh the oa episode with ashley that'll come out on the regular day that our episode drops and then what is it then the week after we're doing the tupperwares that is correct that's correct yeah and then I think it'll be like the weekend of like the 14th of January. We'll finally come back and have a regular episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. Yeah, if we could figure out this robot voice thing, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a little bit of a bonus Star Wars episode too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking, man. I, I, because I, you've had a chance to watch it a couple, uh, Rogue One a couple more times. And I don't spoil anything, but I, I kind of like want to know, and I don't know, I don't even know what you think about it now that you've seen it a, two, a couple more times. So I'm curious to think, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. 
yeah, I definitely have some new thoughts on it. So one way or another, if we don't do the bonus episode, I'm sure we'll be bringing up Rogue One on future Pop Culture Leftovers episodes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jake, is that it? Yeah, that's it, man. Merry Christmas, Army. Merry Christmas, Brian. Merry Christmas to you, Jake, um, and uh, Merry Christmas to uh, everybody in the Leftover Army. Thanks for listening. Um, is this the last episode that we're going to record before the new year? Uh, quite possibly. I think it is. It might be. So, so. yeah. Thanks uh, Thanks for uh, thanks for a decent year. It's been all right. What do you yeah, think? It's, it's been good. Yeah. It's had its ups and downs, but we made it. We made it. Yeah. So, so. I don't know what I'm talking about. This year sucked. 2016 fucking did suck, dude. Yeah, it's not not fun. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it's 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 been a shit year, but there's been some there's been some people that have been that have uh, that have been awesome this year. I want to thank uh, I want to thank you, Jake. I want to thank Frank. I want to thank, of course, I want to thank Jay. Um, I want to thank a lot of members of the Leftover Army. I want to thank I want to thank uh, real quick. I want to thank uh, Jordan Leakin um, from. My other podcast, Second Rate Superfans. Uh, I've had a shitty past two or three weeks, man. I've been taking a beating on social media and in emails, like literally just taking a beating. Um, and Jordan said, Jordan told me, he's like, dude, I don't give a fuck what people say about you. You're like one of the coolest people I know. And thank you so much. And like just to hear that from Jordan, just like it lifted my spirits and it like it really made me feel good about like, what I'm doing and what I'm doing with the show and like everything that we're doing. And, um, Jordan is just a fantastic guy. He's got so much fucking passion, um, in what he's doing. He, he does second rate super fans with me. And he's also got his new podcast that he started up called the Supercast, And it's on, oh, iTunes. nice. It's on iTunes. And he does it with another leftover army member, Joe Vitale. I mean, that's what this oh, they're both great guys they're both great guys and like that's what jake like that's what this has done like if for pe- for all the people that like can't stand me or whatever like i'm glad you don't i'm glad i i i, w- I probably wouldn't like you in person either so i'm glad you don't like me i'm i'm glad i fucking grind your gears and piss yeah, you off fuck them fuck them fuck you that's my christmas spirit that's my grinch coming out but like but for the people that do get me and that do like me I'm glad that I've been able to bring certain people together. Like Jordan would never have met Joe had it not been for PCL. And it's like, it's brought these two together and now they're doing a podcast together. And I listen to these guys and they're passionate about what they're talking about. They did a rogue one episode and it was fantastic. They, they did a uh, CW superhero show where they're talking about the flash, uh, uh, legends of tomorrow, arrow, uh, Supergirl, and, And that was fantastic. And the dynamic between them is so different because you've got Jordan who's like in his twenties and then, you know, Joe who's like in his forties. And it's, it's, it's a really interesting dynamic they've got. So check out the super cast and support Jordan Leakin and support Joe, uh, Joe Vitale. These guys are doing a fantastic job. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's cool that so many people have been inspired by the podcast that we've done and everything and that everyone's going out there and, Trying to grind their teeth and do one too. Yeah, see, you see what I think. I don't know if it's so much inspiration. I think it's more the fact that they're listening to this, Jake, and they're like, "Fuck, man, I can do this better." 
Jesus Christ. These hold on. These untalented fucks have fucking listeners. Ah, I, I can do this better. <laughs> Uh, well, let, let me live in my dream world. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I don't know if it's inspiration or just rational thinking. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'd like to think A. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake. Uh, Merry Christmas, and uh, we will see you. If not sooner, we'll see you in fucking 2017. Yeah. Later on, y'all. All right. Yeah, whatever. What's that, what's that, what's that tiny Tim kid say? What's he say at the end? Oh, fuck, I don't know. And to all a good night or whatever? Yeah, I think that is, that is right. <laughs> You're the big Dickens fan. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, fuck Tiny Tim. No, no, he says, God bless us, everyone. God. God. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Dickens. <laughs> all right, we'll see you next time. Later, y'all. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean, erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, push over. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap! Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.